Welcome to Behind the Barrels, a podcast for and about the people that make ODOT a great place to work. We're talking to men and women throughout the state from every walk of life to find out what makes them tick, both on and off the clock. I'm Mike Lovins. And I'm Caroline Griffith. Now let's take a peek Behind Behind the the Barrels. All right, well, we are here with Brittany Muncy. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yay! We're, we're super glad to have you today. Awesome. So before we get into all the fun stuff, tell us what you do here at ODOT. Yeah. So I'm an environmental specialist for the ecology section of the Office of Environmental Services. So I look at how ODOT projects impact water resources and plants and animals, and then to make sure we're meeting other state and federal regulations like ODNR and Fish and Wildlife Services laws. So I get to play outside a lot, which is great. Get to see a lot of projects before they're done and survey for a lot of plants and animals. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so what got you into pottery to begin with? Is this something that like was a, a, a childhood hobby or, or is, did you pick this up later? I picked this up as an adult. I'm sure I did it as a kid in school, you know. Yeah. But I, it was 2015 when I moved here for the job at ODOT. And I was watching Face Off, which is like a reality <sighs> yeah. TV show where they make monsters. Yeah. I'm like, playing with clay sounds cool. And I need a craft outlet and I need a way to meet people. So I'm like, pottery. Yeah, that sounds great. So I looked and the city of Columbus offers different workshops. And I looked at the right time. So I got into a workshop at the Cultural Arts Center downtown and have been there ever since. That's awesome. So is that the main place you'd go to do pottery? So I do pottery there on like one night a week, but I also have a studio in my house now. So it's in my basement, so I don't track clay everywhere. But when my husband's home, I do it in the living room too. So was that something that was kind of like, once you put that together, like, oh yeah, I'm really into this now. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a clay bug. That's really fun. So like what types of clay do you use? So I usually fire and work with uh, mid-fire stoneware. I have worked with Raku clay, which is like a coarser clay. Uh, It fires at lower temperatures, but it gets like a thermal shock. And then I've worked with high fire clay, uh, not porcelain, but similar to porcelain. So when you say low fire, high fire, what is the difference between those? So I guess yeah. temperature was. <laughs> um, the te- obviously the temperature, uh, how hot you fire it to, but they also have different uses. Like a low fire clay example would be like a terracotta. Mm. Still porous, you're not gonna really eat out of it. Mid-range stuff, um, everything I make is functional so you can eat and drink off of it. And then high fire has different um, it has different characteristics, like you can make it really thin, so you can make it transparent. Uh, transparent clay? usually, yeah. That's or really translucent. cool. Or translucent. Or translucent, yeah. Sure, yeah. Kind, of, kind of see through. <laughs> That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you talk about the stuff that you make is stuff that you can use, is it just the clay that makes it usable, like uh, like being able to eat off or drink off or whatever, or does the type of glaze also make a difference? Both. Um, so clay will vitrify, which it turns glassy and non-porous in the kiln by itself. But everything I do, I do glaze all the food surfaces just to make sure that it's really secure, food safe. Gotcha. Um, you can get non-food safe glazes though. 
So always read the label. Always read. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That's good to know. Yeah. You just like if in right in normal life, whenever you go to buy something, you make right. sure like, okay, well, this is cute, but can you eat off of it? Is the dishwasher safe? You know, right, <laughs> all right. that fun stuff. So what was the first thing that you ever made? I'm sure it was a coil pot, just like everyone in elementary school, but I don't really remember. So the first thing I made at the Cultural Arts Center was a pinch pot, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's just a little ball of clay, and then you pinch it into the shape that you want it. And I made a little sphere, and I put a succulent in it. I still have the oh, pot, but the fun. succulents died, so. Aww, well, you can get another one of <laughs> yes. those put in there. And so does it work off one of the rotator? No, oh, so the class I was taking, you have to hand build everything first. Um, you can, there is like little self-propelling, like you move the, like a cake decorator almost. It's mm-hmm. a little um, banding wheel. Like a, like a lazy Susan kind of. Correct, yeah. Um, I just put it in my hand and pinched it around. And then I made a coil pot and something out of a slab, which is like when you roll out clay so it's flat. I made a mug. It was not great. No, that's amazing. (laughs) But now I do have a pottery wheel, so everything is on an electric power. That's awesome. Do you do any other uh, kinds of ceramics? Like, like I was mentioning the tchotchkes that I have from my aunt that Mm -hmm. are like little bear, a teddy bear thing that she, you know, you know. Do you do stuff like that, or do you stick mostly to like pottery and, and stuff like that? I stick mostly to like functional, like in the kitchen gotcha. items, but I have slip casted, which is what your aunt might be doing. Okay. So that's where you pour liquid clay into a plaster mold. So uh, people make dolls that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a chess set from the 60s. I have a cast of it. So I've made a chess set before. With oh, a how slip fun. Cast. But most of what I make is thrown on a pottery wheel. And then if I wanted to make a bear, I would sculpt onto it. Gotcha. Just my style. God. No, I like I like that. It, it's it seems uh, like uh, the more create. I don't want to just you know mm-hmm. dispel the other other way, but that seems like the more creative way and, and imaginative. People do make their own slipcasts. Like they will sculpt something and they really like it. Or I've seen recently. I've seen three D printed clay. And then Ooh. they'll make a mold out of that. And then for that, you can reproduce the same thing over and over. So if you're making a chess set or the teddy bears or like a doll, you can, you know, have the same arms for five yeah. different dolls. I have never heard of 3D printing clay before, though. That's very, mm-hmm. very interesting. You know, I wonder if it's anything like I, I've seen where um, a construction site will have like a 3D printer that uses ceramic, or not ceramic, excuse me, cement, mm-hmm. and goes through and like builds the, the walls and just goes around it. Yeah. I mean, is that what, what that's like, kinda? I would assume so. Okay. It might just be, it might be like the slip casting, but just a little thicker, uh, so it can hold up on its own. I've only seen it in videos. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd never even heard of it. That's really cool. everything now. A house would be neat, though. But that would be very cool. When do you find time to, to do this? Is this something that like you get home from work and you're like, I got to throw a slab on the wheel or <laughs> sometimes if I get a really good idea that I'm really excited about, but I do uh, a class at the cultural arts center once a week. And then any other time I have free time, I try not to let it interfere with other things I want to do, like hanging out with friends and family or traveling. So I try to make it like a, if I have time and I'm not doing anything sure. else, not planning anything. Gotcha. Else. Yeah. But I imagine though, with clay, 
is it kind of a thing where like if you start something you need to be able to finish it or else yes. it's gonna <laughs> yeah so it dries out the uh, longer it's sitting there even if you haven't touched your block of clay it could dry out just sitting in storage oh uh, so if i am really excited about a project i will start it and then make sure i have time throughout the week to keep touching it gotcha. so yeah that was going to be my, one of my next questions was th- is this a one sitting type of thing you sit down you start it and you finish it in one sitting Mm -hmm. or do you work on projects over the course of time and how does how are those different and and things Mm -hmm. like that it depends on what i'm making uh if i'm making cups and bowls everything in pottery is in steps so you throw the cup and then you wait for it to dry and then you turn it over and trim it and then you wait for it to dry and then you put it in the kiln and then you wait and then you put it in the kiln again and then you wait so if i'm throwing something that i normally throw like uh, mugs and bowls it's i might throw 10 and then i'll trim 10 and then i'll decorate 10. gotcha if i'm sculpting something like i've done a a totem pole for decoration in my own house i wanted to put plants in it and put it in my garden but i broke one piece already so i don't know if it'll go outside but super glue um, and hot glue fixes everything right (laughs) epoxy Epoxy. Um, i threw that piece and then i sculpted on it for like a week and then i came back and decorated it later but if it's a bigger piece that i'm sculpting on or touching a lot i'll usually do it in one sitting so how long does it take to throw a a bowl or throw Mm -hmm. a, a cup versus how long does it take to sculpt something Oh, sculpting takes way longer. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. uh, I've gotten pretty efficient because I've been doing it for like eight years. So throwing a cup or bowl maybe takes like 10 minutes. But sculpting something, depending on what it is. I do these monster mugs where I put silly faces on them. Oh, how Um, fun. That takes, I mean, it takes a while. Like I've had it take up to an hour and a half. I made my friend a zombie. He's really into zombies. So the cup actually fell off the wheel and dented it. So I'm like, perfect. Now perfect. that's part Absolutely of the zombie's perfect. face is missing. It's these are great. These are, as Bob Ross would say, happy little accidents. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wonderful. That's really, really cool. So you say you, you made that for your, for your friend. The rest of the stuff, are you selling this somewhere or just doing this to give away to friends? Or my next, my other question is like, are your kitchen cabinets just, you know, <laughs> have you ever bought a plate since you started doing this? <laughs> I do still purchase things. Uh, my ceramics teacher, she does monster mugs as well, but they do a specific thing where they slip trail. So I own a lot of her ceramics, but I also have a lot of my own ceramics. I think like every bowl in my cabinet is something I've made. My mugs are mixed, but uh, yeah, I do sell. I sell at, my friend has a restaurant in Menor, Ohio. It's called Kiko's Kitchen, and I sell in her lobby. She has a little pottery stand for me. And then in February, I opened an Etsy account, (gasps) and I think I have 22 sales now, which is exciting. (gasps) Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And then I also did my first show in June where I had a 10 by 10 tent all to myself at the uh, Grove City Arts and Wine Festival. Oh, how awesome. So that was a weekend long thing. And then I have two shows coming up this winter. So hopefully- Very cool. Yeah. You know, you should also look into like uh, getting a tent at ComFest or something. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, uh, and, and they're at ComFest too. You'll see a lot of people who do like ceramic jewelry and stuff. Do you mm-hmm. ever do anything like that? Like I'm looking at your earrings. I don't know that they look ceramic, but for some reason I could see <laughs> those being uh, yeah. made like with that. I have not made ceramic jewelry. I know people that do. And I know a lot of people that use like polymer clay as well, but these are rocks, they're ammonites, ah. they're fossils. But um, 
I've not thought about ComFest. It's a great idea because then it would force me to go. And yeah. <laughs> I, I love ComFest. But um, yeah. uh, this winter I'm doing Not Your Mama's Craft Market. Love it. And then I I applied to do OhioCon. I think that's how you oh, pronounce yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I want to sell ramen bowls. Uh, but they're going through some manager stuff. So I don't know if that event's happening. Yeah. But... This is a weird question, but are they dishwasher safe? They are dishwasher oh, safe. That's yes, exciting. Definitely. Okay, yes. that's the best part. Because I love my dishwasher. Same. So, yes. Uh, some of the things I've made are not microwave safe because mm. I've done gold luster or gold uh, paint. Oh. And I don't recommend microwaving those, but most of it is dishwasher safe. Yes. So, when you say decorating, so the, I, I assume, like, so you, so let's take one of your monster mugs, for, for example. Mm-hmm. So, you throw the mug, you said you let it dry for a little while, and then you go back and probably add, like, the eyeballs or add, like, the mm-hmm. little scars or whatever else you want to add to it. And then do you paint that or do you dye the clay first or how does that work? I've done both. Okay. Uh, I now I paint it. So, there's a product called Underglaze and it's like, ceramic paint and it has clay inside of it so you can paint it on a mug and it'll shrink with the mug and everything so right now i will take like i'll take a color and i'll make a huge color blob and then i go through with a fine point black squeeze bottle and i'll draw in uh details so like yesterday i was working on a luna moth and i painted luna moth on it and it was just like a big green blob and then i went back and made the wings and the Eyeballs and oh, how pretty! I don't know why I was missing that. Word. Fine. <laughs> that's so amazing. Multi-step process. You kind of got to know. You got to have a vision of what the end piece is going to yes. be. Then, don't you? Yep. And w- those underglaze paints, they go on pastel, and sometimes I have a hard time like accepting the finalized piece because oh. I saw it as pastel this whole time I was decorating it. And then it comes out and it's like bright green. And then I was like, oh no, that's not what I was going for. But if I let it sit for a while and come back to it, I'm like, it's beautiful. It's fine. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. So have you always been artistic? And, and did you start, mm-hmm. so before you picked up um, um, ceramics, what were some other artistic hobbies that led you to this path? Yeah, I painted, I crochet, I sew. Uh, else I do. I feel like I have so many hobbies. Understood. Yeah. That's the best part. I love it. Nothing with like, I mean, crocheting, you're building something, but nothing that's functional in your kitchen. Sure, sure, sure. So this was a different adventure for you to be like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're going from uh, pretty little things we can give around and like lay on the couch and doilies and things like that to to things that you can actually use day to day. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And this probably isn't an inexpensive hobby. It is pretty expensive, but you can, there's ways to make it on a budget. Um, your big tools that you use are the expensive things. Your kiln, your pottery wheel, if you use that. But I've also gotten a lot of things given to me. Mm. And I've made a lot of things of my own. Like all of my, where I dry my pieces, it's just plaster that I bought and like molded in a tinfoil pan. Mm. Or I have a... We recently added a sink to our basement, so I'm using the concrete board for another drying station. Nice. I've made tools out of credit cards. I've used kitchen spoons to smooth things out. My rolling pins, like I have a clay rolling pin (laughs) (laughs) and a cookie rolling pin. So you can do it on a budget, but if you are buying one of those high ticket expensive items, you're probably only going to buy one of those in your lifetime. You're not going to buy two kilns. Yeah. 
I have two kilns, but you're not going to buy. So, so like, yeah, let's dive into that a little bit. So tell us a little bit about your home pottery studio. Yeah. So is everything in the basement, or do you have to have the kilns outside, or how does that work? Right now, a majority of where I build the things are in the basement. So I have my pottery wheel down there, all my paints, where I trim things, where I dry them. I have a little greenhouse down there that I keep <sighs> them so they can stay sort of temperature controlled. And then my kilns are in my garage. I have a small kiln that I was given, and it's very old. It's one of the first kiln, electric kilns that they made for a home studio. It's from the 50s. Oh, and then cool. I have a larger kiln that I bought off Craigslist, and it's also very old, and that company no longer exists. So for both of them, I have to special order parts from this one company in Canada. Oh, gotcha. But, yeah, that's in the uh, garage, so I can vent it properly. and. It's hot, so I don't want it heating up the house, you know, when I have right, the AC running. That's why I asked, like, I was like, do they need to be outside or anything? Because mm-hmm. I figure they, they get pretty warm. But you, you do have certain kilns that need to be outside, but these are small enough and run on electricity that they can be in my house. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So, uh, how much do you love the movie Ghost? <laughs> I was talking about this last night with my husband. Uh, I haven't seen that movie in years, but it comes up a lot in pottery. Uh, I think he would tell you if he came downstairs and tried to touch me while I was making something, I would freak out. Be like, no, it's a masterpiece. Get away. Now you ruined it. (laughs) But I do watch other ceramic shows. Like there's uh, a reality TV show called uh, The Great Pottery Throwdown. And it's similar to the British baking show. I was going to say, it's very similar sounding. Yeah, and it's British. So, yeah, they have different things that they have to make every week, and someone gets eliminated, but it's all still really nice because they're very friendly and they're emotional on it. It's cute. But now I know working for ODOT, if, if we're on the clock and we. You know, if you're out in the field and doing things that, you know, if you're picking up trash, if you see something that you want in there, you don't get to keep it. Um, Being an environmental, if you're ever out there and you see something and you see some like clay that like could work. (laughs) Clay in the wild. So you can go back later and get some. I really thought about that because we were on a site. It was in southern Ohio and it was this beautiful blue gray clay. And I wanted to go back so badly, but I have not been on that adventure yet. Uh, Someone has asked me to fire, to process clay that they have found and have sorted and dried. And there is a process to do that. I haven't done that yet. I imagine it's got to be filtered or Yeah, so you break it apart and then you sieve it and then you re-wet it and then you work it. And then a lot of times different things are added to it to make it uh, handle the heat mm-hmm. and make it as soon as you put it in the kiln it's not just going to crumble uh, they add like special kaolin and I'm sure there's a bunch of other chemicals that go into like commercial clay I've seen people do it I would love to do it I think I, the first adventure I would take would be taking if I go on vacation somewhere and I find a really cool sand Ooh. and adding that to my clay just a little bit and experimenting that way before I would get into like processing it gotcha. raw from start to finish well, speaking of sand, do you ever do any glass work? I do not. I have. I like glass access, but I don't do it. I, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, for some reason, I, 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 maybe it's a stretch, but I feel like it's a natural progression to mm-hmm. get into doing glass work. Yeah. And your, a lot of kilns can handle both. Like the people who make the the bottles, the liquor bottles into spoon rests and stuff oh, for yeah, Christmas. Yeah. You can put those in a kiln, but I think there's like a special thing you have to vacuum out the air and stuff. Um, 
I have put chunks of broken glass in the bottom of like a dish for an incense burner, and then it gives you that really cool broken glass look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And different colors can be in there, but I've not. Yeah. I, I mean, ceramics is a pretty expensive hobby, and glass is like extra expensive. <laughs> you have to have more. I, I figure you have to have more, you know, equipment. Yeah, <laughs> different the bigger equipment. And <laughs> just you haven't done it yet. Yes, yet. <laughs> There's always a chance. I do love artists yeah. or artistic hobbies. Yes. So I know you said that you took classes or and, and are continuing to take classes. And you said mm-hmm. you do that once a week. Um, so what have you learned there versus what have you taught yourself? And maybe yeah. some things that you've learned outside of class and brought into class to say, mm-hmm. hey, I want to perfect this a little bit more. Or have you yeah. done something like that? So I'm really lucky my ceramics teacher is fantastic she's a professional ceramic artist she has a studio as well they do shows it's Sandra Lang but um, there I've learned she really taught me like all the clay basics and how to properly throw things and how to properly trim things and how wet everything should be but there right now I'm learning there's an opportunity for me to learn a gas kiln which the heat from my kilns at home is all electric, but the, a gas kiln is something different and it'll give you different effects in your clay. And then I'm also learning how to mix glazes from scratch, Ooh. where a lot of the things I buy at home, like I'm not, I don't have the storage space to keep, you know, a f- 50 pound sack of kaolin or bentonite in my basement to make all these clays, clay, bleh, glazes from scratch. So there they have that space. So they have recipes that, you know, it's, 20 grams of copper oxide per gallon and I've recently did that last week mixed my own first or my first glaze from scratch oh how fun uh but at home I experiment a lot with shapes with I rehydrate my clay so when I throw a bowl there usually is some extra clay at the bottom so you turn it over and you trim it and all those trimmings get all over my basement but I sweep them up and I rehydrate them so I can use them again so they're not just garbage uh, I've also experimented a lot with color. So I've blown bubbles with like, you know how you blow bubbles in your mm-hmm. milk? I've done that in glaze. So the glaze looks bubbly. Oh, how fun. I've done where I take shaving cream and I mix in colors and then I swirl my piece mm. through it so it looks marbled. Uh, I, yeah, I've done a lot of different like color combination experiments at my house. But a majority of what I've learned is in the class that I take at the community studio. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And are those like classes with other people in there or is it like a one-on-one kind of thing? Yeah, I think there's 30 people. So your first class you'll take with them, you sit down and they teach you all the basics of like how to attach something to a piece of clay, like a handle, and how to pinch it to look a certain way. And then they'll teach you like how dry it has to be before it goes into the kiln and how to load a kiln and things like that. But after you take your first session, which is eight weeks, it's pretty much an open studio. So your teacher's there, and if you have problems or questions, you guys can have a conversation, but you're really left to your own devices. So you can make whatever you want, design, like decorate it however you want. And it's really neat to see how creative people are. Like recently I went in there and someone had made a cocoon, like a monarch cocoon, and it was a cookie jar. It was so neat. Oh, how cool. And so it's really cool to be there and be around other creative people and see what everyone's doing. But And then you're bouncing ideas off of people. Like my friend just made a garlic. It's a head of garlic, but it's a lamp. So we talked (laughs) through the different colors that you can put on there and how to, like, do you want it more abstract garlic or (laughs) a really, you know, realistic thing? So it's fun. 
That's I, amazing. I still have two pieces of uh, ceramic stuff that I did in high school. <laughs> and this is back in the early 90s, too. So they have survived somehow. That's all awesome. All the times I've moved. Um, but one of them is a, um, a coffin that you can remove the the lid off and store things in but then i also made like a a, a ceramic skull that sits on top of it that's so nice. fun I mean, that's is, nice you know, of course. <laughs> um, but then so the other thing i made was like a planter but it's it's shaped like a cassette oh how cool <laughs> so it's 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 kind of rectangular mm-hmm. um and everything's like uh sticks out you know so like the 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 spokes of the tape and all that stuff and of course i carved uh the Kiss logo into it. <laughs> nice. Um, but uh, somehow those those two things have, have survived all these years. Very cool. Uh, so it's durable stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. I break something like maybe once a month. It's awful, but it's clay. It's so, just mud. So I've got a question then about so so the durability of everything. So I know mm-hmm. a lot of people order from Pampered Chef. So and they make those um, those stoneware things. Have you ever tried to mimic one of those those stoneware pots or the stoneware like cookie trays or anything like that? No, I haven't. Um, I do have a stoneware pie pan, mm-hmm. but I haven't made a casserole dish or anything like that. That's a great oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so <laughs> most of what I make is round because the wheel uh, makes right, it round. Right, right, right. But I could totally take it off. I could throw it on a wheel and then take it off and mold it. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. <laughs> is this something that uh, is really kind of just like your me time or do you ever do you have any friends like you maybe that you've met in class or just in general that like you get together outside of doing a classroom kind of thing and do pottery together yeah uh, well so we don't do pottery together which would be super fun but we do other things together like we commonly went to happy hours before class and would get loosey-goosey before we would throw (laughs) something um and we've been to festivals together and things like that I have met people at ODOT that are interested in it. So I was thinking of hosting a craft night for my coworkers where everyone comes and can paint it. Yeah. (laughs) And I do have the molds for mugs. So if someone doesn't, they just want to paint something, I can slip cast a mug and people can paint or I have raw clay that people can make anything out of. Um, But I haven't done, with my ceramic friends, I haven't done it outside. Of ceramic, like outside of class, it is a lot of me time. It's a lot of like, think you know, it's a lot of alone alone time down in my studio, and it allows me to work through problems I've been thinking about. It's kind of like meditation, and plus I get a great manicure because the clay is like (laughs) getting all my calluses off. Oh, that's awesome! awesome. I love the (laughs) idea of a uh, coworker adventure, though. That sounds like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people I work with, you know, a lot of the people I work with are scientists. And scientists, I found, are very creative and imaginative Mm -hmm. because you are trying to think of these processes that you're not exactly getting to see. You have to imagine it. So I find that most of my coworkers are really creative. Yes, that's awesome. Well, let me ask you this then. What kind of advice or tips would you give to somebody who's wanting to kind of get get Mm -hmm. started in this? Like, where, where do you start? I would say just try it. Um, You never know if you're going to like something unless you try it. And join a community studio because everyone's so willing to help you. Everyone's been a beginner at some point and they want to share their knowledge and 
help you get to your goal. And it's really fun to watch people grow. Uh, but the hardest thing about that is to not compare yourself to other people yeah. because everyone's growing at a different rate and yeah. everyone has a mug that they've made one of their first things and they look at it and they're like, why? Why was I excited to give that to you? <laughs> but yeah, just try it. Yes. Well, since the holiday season's coming up, do you, do you usually try to make stuff to give to your friends and family? Yes. My friends and family have so many random ceramics for me. <laughs> Even my coworkers. Like if someone mentions they have a passion about something i'm like yes i'm gonna make that into a mug that's a great idea i love so, it you know someday you might just come into work and there's a mug on your desk and i'm assuming they know who it's from but yes. usually just sit on their desk and walk away but that's yeah. awesome a lot of my friends and family like my my family especially gets ceramics almost every year and i don't know if they love it but i love giving it to them i, I love sharing have, it yeah. yes well it's your passion and they right. should be excited about your and passion especially if i can make something that i think speaks to them like i have a group of friends that i travel with and recently i did each i made them each a mug that was special to them and an experience we've had while traveling so when one friend got uh yosemite half dome and then there's a waterfall on it because we walked up the Trail of Mist to Half Dome together. And now she has a mug to remember that. Um, does your interest in pottery go beyond actually doing it? Like, do you ever have you ever done any study of like Aztec pottery or Native American pottery, mm -hmm. historic stuff like that? I haven't yet. I have made things that are inspired by that. So in the Office of Environmental Services, we have archaeologists that work with us. And one of them got married recently. So I made her two mugs that had Leo petroglyph, which is in Southern Ohio. It had the petroglyphs on it. Okay. And then because someone helped me come up with that design, I made him a mug as a thank you. And then she also went to Peru and went to Machu Picchu. And we were talking about different water carrying vessels. So I made a Moki pot, which was uh, something that would carry water but it's like a circular thing at the base and then it has this hollow handle that's like a circle like a donut almost okay and then it had a spout so i made her one of those oh, nice. and it is functional except there's probably little pieces of clay in hers that i couldn't <laughs> get out while i was yeah. making it so i don't i'm sure it just sits on a counter but uh yeah i would love to dive deeper into that because i thought that was super interesting and i've made the same girl i've made her her cat recently passed away, so I made her an urn. Aww. And I looked at the Egyptian things that they would put your organs in. Yes. And I tried to make it something similar to that. Does so it have like a little cat head as it the It does lid? have a little cat oh, head. Awesome. And it like locks, it like that's twists awesome. and locks, yeah. So, okay. Can, and it was painted like her cat. That's amazing. So can you go into a little bit of detail about that? So how, because there's a little bit of, not only scientist skill, but engineering skill that goes into that too mm -hmm. a little bit um, about how to make things lock. And so do you have to, to kind of fiddle with that a little bit or yeah. do you have to do all kinds of measurements and like draw mm -hmm. things out first or how does that work i should draw things out <laughs> but i never do i never think that far ahead um i just played around with it and i like added a piece here and then like would twist it and see if it locked into place and then i would add a little bit more and i would shave this part off if it wasn't fitting exactly right like at first the feet were at a different angle than the head was because the lock was too big. Oh. So I had to shave some off so it would turn and sit right. But yeah, just some fidgeting. 
So yeah, uh, what motivates you to keep doing pottery? So as I mentioned before, people do, but also a lot of things I learn at work. I'm still learning a lot. So every time I go out in the field, I learn something new and we have a discussion in the truck on the way back. And I'm like, I think I should put that on a mug. Oh, that's and amazing. then I go home and I like paint a muscle. So I've done, I've done a snake mug where the snake's wrapping around it, and I've done it like scientifically correct with the stuff. The only way I can ID snakes is by their <laughs> stomach patterns. So I've only done the two that I can ID. One was a Kirtland snake, and one was a, um, I believe it's a corn snake, but it might have been a milk snake. But either way, it has a checkered stomach. Um, I've also done freshwater mussel mugs, fish. I've done the different type of archaeology stuff that I talked about. And I want to do, one of my coworkers is, she studied bugs, and I would love to do like a scientific bug drawing on one or like a scientific plant drawing for wetland oh. plants that we encounter. But that would be amazing. That's, mm -hmm. that's awesome. I love that you can draw inspiration from your work to put into yeah. your hobby. That's very, very cool. And someday I will harvest clay from <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> but we'll oh see. Oh my gosh. I get, to go, yes, yes, I get yes. to go to a lot of really neat places in Ohio with the job. So That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to us today. This is all fascinating. It's, it's amazing to me all the things that we get to talk to people about that I'm just like, I had no idea. That's just so fascinating. <laughs> no, it really is. It, it's, it's, it's really been uh, been great. And I think I'm kind of curious about this to be, to be honest. I know, I want to go take a class. You, well, if I have a coworker night, you're welcome to come. <gasps> yeah. I also sell ceramics and I have an Etsy. And if you ever were like, oh, I think that Caroline would love a unicorn mug <gasps> because I walked past your cube and I saw <laughs> unicorns you're, on it. You are not wrong, ma'am. <laughs> you could always just bring it up to me and it'll take a while. It takes me like a month to work through a project, but. That's awesome. Yeah, come talk. I'll talk pottery all day. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on your chosen podcast platform and never miss who we talk to next. Do you want to tell us your story on a future episode? Do you have questions, comments, or want to request a transcript of this episode? Email us at podcast at dot.ohio.gov.